0: Welcome to In-Depth, an in-depth look at the interesting, educational, and timely topics affecting you right here in South Central Iowa and beyond. The one to
1: count on for today's local news coverage is KNIA and KRLS.
0: Now with today's In-Depth, here's Dr. Bob Leonard. What's in the future for the Knoxville Hospital and Clinics? Let's go in-depth with CEO Kevin Kincaid. So Kevin, as I drove through Knoxville this morning, I saw new houses being built up. I spotted cating properties, people moving in already. I mean, that thing went up so fast. I drove by the old VA and, and things are happening there. There's other apartment buildings. Business and industry is doing really well. But I don't, I mean, I'm glad I'm not in your position trying to figure out where the hospital needs to be in anticipation of this or Uh, superintendent pearson trying to figure out where the schools could be or need to be in anticipation of this growth and city manager heather usery and all all of the the council the mayor all the department heads they have to be thinking about this too first how does it make you feel that this is we're on a new era of opportunity for knoxville how does that make you feel and then give us the big picture how you see where Oh, the major institutions, including the hospital, need to be in the next 5, 10, 50 years?
1: Yeah, that's a, that, that's, that's a tough question, but a, a very interesting one. When I think about Knoxville as a whole, I mean, obviously, that's something a little bit different for me, because for most hospital CEOs, they're working in an organization, and it's kind of a, a pit stop along their career path you know, this is my hometown. This is where my parents and grandparents grew up. It's where, you know, we've raised our kids. And so um, I, I guess I look at it maybe through a little bit of a different lens, but um, it is certainly an exciting time for sure to see these, uh, all, all these projects and this growth that's happening in our community. And when I look at it from traveling across the state and going to other hospitals and being involved in other communities, um, what we're experiencing is quite unusual. You know, rural America, rural Iowa is in a bit of a decline population-wise, business-wise, and a lot of communities are very, they're struggling a lot. Like, how do they keep their traditions and their businesses and their schools, uh, afloat because these are communities that all these people just love and they, they have roots there too. And so a a lot of communities are facing very extraordinarily difficult times because things have to change and they're not liking what those changes are. Knoxville, we have a lot of change, but it's growth and it's things that are happening. And, and, uh, people are uh, expanding their businesses and enrolling their kids in our school district and so the hospital is a benefactor of that as we grow and have the ability to take care of more people certainly certainly that's helpful so It's just a a really unusual time for not only Knoxville, but just kind of to be in rural Iowa and to be in a community uh, that's experiencing all those projects that you just uh, mentioned. Uh, You know, there's a lot of places that couldn't think of doing one of the things that you mentioned, and we have several going on at the same time. Always something happening with the school. We've been in a new housing uh, development lull for a long time and over the last couple years it's it's blowing up and we're seeing that continue all sorts of opportunities for people to uh uh, move into new homes uh people uh build a new home and now their old home is available for somebody else so um just a lot of good snowball effect of uh, our community growing from the From the hospital's perspective and hospitals in general, um, you know, we try to think of uh, everything that we can do to provide health services locally and take care of people locally in a high quality fashion is beneficial to our community. And so that's what we focus on. So our building, the physical building, uh, the technology that we have in here and the people that we hire is kind of fundamentally tied to that, like what services do we want to provide to the community we serve? Now a lot of times what you want to do and what you can do are two different things. You might be stopped by just sheer cost or there might be uh, roadblocks in Uh, even being able to do that from uh, uh, quality and legal parameters. So there are limits on what a community hospital can do. But the more services we can provide locally, I've just always felt that um, we'll have a healthier community and people need choices.
0: More in-depth after this. my conversation with Kevin Kincaid, CEO of the Knoxville Hospital and Clinics. Are there models that that you're projecting that, oh, Knoxville's population was here and then it's going to grow by 10%, 20%, 30%, any models like that? And then what one needs to do to be responsive as a hospital, as those numbers, as you simulate those out?
1: Yeah. So um, that's that's an interesting question because there's Um, pretty good data on things that we can uh, kind of count on as it relates to um, making some fairly decent estimates of how much our community might grow. What's even more accurate is how much older is our community going to get? And we're, um, you know, been in a, a kind of an aging community. We're an aging state. So when we have more people here that are Um, older, living longer, more active. Um, They kind of expect more. Um, So you wanna have a local uh, healthcare facility that can respond to that. So really when I think about the modeling, one of the things that, um, you know, A, I either find the most interesting or it's what keeps me up at night, is figuring out how do you financially pay for all of that? in a a world where healthcare is too expensive. And so um, the whole kind of healthcare industry is going to need some sort of renaissance to rethink that. You know, uh, historically we're paid um, to uh, take care of people when they're sick and injured. And the more people that are sick and injured, the better we would do historically financially. Now we've figured out that you know actually a hospital can be much more than that. We can do a lot to keep our community healthy um, before you're second injured. We can be involved in that and have a positive impact. The problem is is that there's not good mechanisms to pay for that. So when we think about um, you know what we're doing here in Knoxville with our uh, expansion project. Hands down, the reason that we're able to do that, even in this very complicated uh, climate that we find ourselves in, is people in Knoxville choosing, in our surrounding area, choosing us as their health care destination and seeking services here and the generosity of our businesses and community. I mean, that allows us to expand those services and make sure that we're taking care of all these needs because the basic business models of how healthcare is paid for, like you might purchase gas at the gas pump or go to the grocery store, those particular models are upside down in healthcare. It it costs too much. We have incredible inflationary pressures from labor, Supplies, pharmaceuticals have been off the charts, and those are well into the double digit inflationary pressures and we're in the low single digits on any kind of new revenue. So those are the kinds of things that are putting tremendous amounts of pressure on being able to respond to the needs of a growing community. Um, But when people choose your organization, people support your organization. It makes it possible. And so that's why we've been able to continue to grow.
0: More in-depth after this. I continued my conversation with Kevin Kincaid, CEO of the Knoxville Hospital and Clinics. In a minute or so, tell people about the new expansion in case they don't know.
1: Yeah, so um, we have a three-phase project. That project roughly is about a $21 million price tag. So what we're in right now is phase one, which we are building the new Don and Margaret Long uh, Cancer Center and we will also be building the uh, Weiler Family Foundation specialty clinic. So that's what you'll be able to see right from our parking lot. The steel's going up today. So you're seeing a building go up. Uh, We have a small building going up in the back for us to put administrative support folks like myself. And what we wanna do is open up uh, the space here in the main hallway so we can move the laboratory into this space, and what that'll allow us to do is roughly double the size of our emergency room in phase two. So doubling the size of the ER will allow us to have more workspace for staff, more private exam rooms, and rooms specific to the needs of our mental health patients. And kind of phase three, which becomes kind of the most complicated, the most expensive part of that project, we need to expand our OR. So we need to add at least another OR.
0: I know you're a major player at statewide with respect to oh, hospital leadership. You go to D.C. often, so you're you're trying to move policy issues in D.C. as well. And I'm going to give you a magic wand, and I'm going to let you create the healthcare system that you want. The not that you want that you think is best for us, and do it at the state level. Just sort of bullet points, maybe, and at the federal level, because we don't really know what needs to be done, and and I bet you have some really good ideas.
1: Gosh, we could do a long segment on that. Um, it's uh, it's it's what I've been spending, uh, and then what I see, I I would be spending my last years that I'll be working really involved in health policy and trying to bring those policy positions to better take care of our folks in our own service area. But I'm very interested in things at the national and state level and have been involved in that for several years now. But with what would I do with that magic wand? What I would really like to do is drive out the perverse financial arrangements that are involved in healthcare. care. That's everything from Uh, insurance practices to how what things are rewarded, what things are penalized when you do in a hospital. I would like to remove the perverse aspect of finance when it comes to taking care of health care because you have to have a certain amount of activity in areas that pay well in order to fund things like preventative care, emergency rooms, obstetrics, So it's kind of a, um, that has been a fundamental problem for a long time. So that wand I really put to work uh, around that financial um, aspect. Um, And really being able to give more of the control to drive that bureaucracy out of healthcare so that decisions about what procedures you get, what tests you get, how your healthcare journey is going to uh, um, unfold is between you and your doctor. There's not a third person. The government's not in there. Insurance companies are not in there. Administrators aren't in there. It's between you and your doctor. If I could do that, I could uh, feel pretty happy.
0: Anything else you'd like to share today as we close?
1: Well, it's... uh, I don't know how many of these I've done with you. Uh, We've done several segments uh, talking about a lot of very complex issues and some things that are very frustrating. But um, it's been nothing but a pleasure to be able to work with you on these segments, um, to get to know you as a friend. And so uh, good luck in all that you're doing moving forward.
0: Well, thank you. You'll see me around. Oh, yeah. Thanks to Kevin Kincaid for contributing to the program. For KNIA KRLS News, this is Dr. Bob Leonard bringing you today's news and information in-depth from our little corner of the universe.
1: An audio copy of today's in-depth program is available at kniakrls.com, on demand or for download. Just click Podcasts. If you have topics or show ideas you'd like to hear in-depth, Contact KNIA-KRLS by sending an email to Bob Leonard at KNIA-KRLS.com. The one to count on for today's local news and the number one news and information source in South Central Iowa is KNIA-KRLS.